Down go the Ducks, and so does another monkey off the Arizona Wildcat basketball team's back. And now they're within striking distance of the Pac-12 championship. Try not to throw any punches. You're listening to the Wildcat Sports Report Podcast. Arizona outplayed the Oregon Ducks down the stretch and win 84-81 on Saturday, giving them a 24-2 record getting off the snide against the Ducks, a team that has kind of owned Arizona of late. And frankly, uh, this is maybe the, the first time in a long time that we can honestly say this was definitely a game that I'm not sure Arizona under Sean Miller wins. Usually the Ducks seem to have the magic down the stretch. They're the ones making the big shot. They're the ones... Uh, making the big defensive stop. But no, it was Arizona this time. Obviously, the 30-foot three-pointer by Kirk Kreisa, and then the standout defense on the final possession by Christian Coloco. And let's be honest, maybe a player for Oregon not knowing the exact uh, time and score, although he looks like he's trying to shoot the three on the play, ends up driving and never even looks to dish. Tried to take a shot with a second left, and even that shot had been good, and it wasn't. Coloco blocked it. Actually, I think he traveled first. Um, but Oregon falls, and Oregon in some severe trouble of getting into the NCAA tournament. They're 17-10, 10-6. The Ducks are going to have to do some serious work down the stretch to become the fourth team from the Pac-12 in the NCAA tournament. The good news, they get the L.A. schools this weekend. They also have a road game at Washington State, and those three games would give them some quality wins. If you can take, you know, win three of their last four, get their record up to 20 and 11, uh, that might do it. As they do have a couple quality wins on their uh, schedule, including the wins already against the LA schools, and they played a relatively tough schedule, uh, but they didn't win many of them. Losing at Baylor, losing at Houston, uh, losing the St. Mary's beating SMU, uh, but they're a better team now than they were at the beginning of the year. It's really weird seeing a Dana Altman team, A, not gel quickly. Usually he's been very good getting these disparate parts uh, to work together. And, and secondly, uh, just to see them with kind of a low basketball IQ. Uh, they played really hard against Arizona, but they don't consistently. They you know did some dumb things kind of down the stretch. Uh, which is unusual for an Oregon team. Again, that final possession just atrocious as the uh, ball carrier kept it the whole time, got switched up on Coloco, uh, looked for the three, and then again drove into traffic and, and never even got a legitimate shot off. So conversely, Arizona making enough big plays down the end, playing good defense, um, you know, again, making some clutch shots, uh, which has sometimes been missing from prior Arizona teams. Kirk Kreisa, uh, again, making the big three, and then, of course, turning over the ball in the very next possession. And I think uh, many of us Arizona fans who have this uh, love-hate relationship with Kreisa could really feel that he's either going to hit the game-winning shot in the NCAA tournament uh, title game or, uh, you know, have the play that costs Arizona their season. And it feels like there's really very little in between. Uh, but if you look at it, it was uh, maybe not Arizona's best game on a defensive standpoint, they gave up, and it seemed like more, 11 defensive rebounds. They allowed the Ducks to shoot 40, uh, almost 46%. Not too bad, 35% from behind the arc. 
but they a lot of that was because Eric Williams Jr. was only one for six from behind the arc. You take his uh, shooting out of it, and they were eight for twenty. Uh, and that's a pretty good night because Gary A. Uh, was six for eleven. Richardson, uh, an okay two for six. But that was really kind of uh, kept them in it for a while. Uh, they also were very good at the free throw line, whereas Arizona was not. Arizona just eleven of nineteen from the foul line. But where Arizona was very good was uh, from the field, shooting fifty three percent, shooting forty seven percent from behind the arc. Um, with Matherin making four of seven, Creesa making three, Terry hitting both of his. Larson adding two more, and while Arizona was not great on the uh, the glass, getting out rebounded eleven to seven on offensive rebounds, they did end up uh, out rebounding the Ducks slightly. But again, where Arizona was so effective, passing the ball twenty two assists on thirty one made shots. Terry was six, Matherin to five assists, Coloco added four assists. Then when you throw in Coloco's uh, two blocks, uh, just an impressive overall. Performance. Arizona took care of the ball relatively well. But again, the key was they were able to not wilt when Oregon went on the big run, were able to get back in the game, and then when Oregon kept counterpunching, they had an answer and got back into it. Now Arizona, you look at it, they you know, obviously they control their own destiny anyways, but Arizona uh, basically with a uh, two-and-a-half game lead, over USC and UCLA, they have the tiebreaker right now over USC, and they split with UCLA. Essentially, their magic number is three. So if they win three in a row, which would include a win over USC, they wrap it up. Some kind of combination of uh, wins and losses over USC and UCLA would get done. So if Arizona can sweep this weekend. USC and UCLA each drop one. Arizona would also be assured the regular season title. Oregon has, I guess, an outside shot uh, four and a half games behind. They need another collapse by Arizona to have any shot, as would, I guess, Colorado. Um, but Arizona, again, would take care of business with the Buffaloes by winning on Saturday when they get uh, go that mountain trip concluded. Uh, it is a tough, last tough stretch for Arizona as well. They'll play the three games in five days, all on the road at Utah, at Colorado, at USC. And then they get maybe the, a nice way to end the year. Uh, home games against Cal and Stanford, not in that order, uh, heading into the NC or the Pac-12 tournament and then the NCAA tournament. Obviously, the other big news regarding the basketball program, they were rated as a number one seed by the official NCAA uh, projections at the time they were the third number one seed that will actually move up now they'd be the number two with Auburn losing they also get ranked number two in the nation behind Gonzaga I know some people were upset that Gonzaga got all the first place votes again I don't really worry about in-season polls so much but the fact that Arizona can probably hold on to a number one seed as long as they maybe only lose one more game, at, at worst, it looks like, barring another collapse, they should have a top-two seed. And that's pretty significant for this Wildcat team as they try to uh, recapture some long, uh, kind of lost glory in the NCAA tournament. Remember, uh, since going to the Sweet 16 in that loss to Xavier, they haven't won an NCAA tournament game. It's been quite a while between uh, the two first-round upsets, the... 
two years of missing the tournament because of uh, one having a team that wasn't good enough, two COVID, and then last year the third year in in the last five or six where they didn't go because of self-imposed sanctions. Uh, it's been a while since Arizona fans uh, have felt a second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Uh, this team really does seem poised uh, to do that. I think the one thing you look at this team, one is that margin of victory. With you know, they're on an eight-game win streak, and of those eight games, just two have been by single digits, and one of those was a nine-point win over USC. Uh, these games have not been close, and you can look at that for most of the season. Secondly is the fact they haven't stumbled yet against a bad team, or even just an average team. I mean, the loss at Tennessee is a good loss. The loss at UCLA is a good loss. I mean, those are road losses. Now, USC beat them up a little bit, but no one's going to care about margin of victory in that one. The fact is, even with slow starts against an ASU or, or Washington State or some of these other teams, uh, they're finding that run, and they're finding the run usually pretty early, whether that's early in the first half or second half. But they're not getting into these games where they're getting close, and you just can't shake them until late, and suddenly... You know, a couple plays go the other team's way and you're in a two-possession ball game with a couple minutes to play and, and then you're fighting for your life. They haven't had to worry about that. And that, to me, is maybe the most impressive thing about this team and the thing that's going to serve them well. It's one thing, yeah, you like to get rid of the slow starts, but those slow starts last 8 to 10 minutes. They don't last 20 to 25 minutes or 35 minutes. And, and that is, again, I think another important thing about this team. They're able to hit a switch, go on those runs, and put teams away sooner rather than later. Uh, I think the other thing to watch was, I think, this weird love-hate relationship with ESPN, and that uh, manifested itself at College Game Day. I thought, I didn't watch much of it, but I thought it was curious that there was next to no coverage of Arizona, and I don't know if that was an ESPN decision, or whether Arizona really didn't want their guys at the arena basically 12 hours uh, before the game, uh, although several of the players were there. Uh, you also had uh, some recruits there on unofficial and official visits. And I understand the Arizona fan base still being upset with the coverage of, of the Sean Miller saga, the fact that ESPN has never, uh, I don't know even know if apology is the right word, but recanted parts of the story uh, where Schaubach, uh, Mark Schaubach said that there were uh, – wiretaps with it, Miller admitting to to paying DeAndre Ayton. It none of that appears uh, in the NCAA uh, notice of allegations. None of that appeared in court uh, with Christian Dawkins. In fact, I believe he refuted that report. And you even had Seth Greenberg go so far as to say that, yeah, well, it hasn't been decided yet. Well, at least the portion where they say Miller was caught on tape talking about it. that does not exist and if it does it's it's not been brought to public now i think where where arizona fans have kind of jumped on this that, that everything is hunky dory everything's innocent we we can't go that far i would be shocked to find out that deandre ayton did not receive some kind of extra benefits probably and i'd almost guarantee you not through the university but through whether it's an agent or shoe company that's just the way business is done I'd also be shocked if Arizona had anything to do with it specifically. You know, generally, what you see is you see, you know, shoe companies 
sending money either a player's way or, or to their families or to their handlers or their AAU team to keep them away from other uh, shoe programs or programs yeah, with different shoe endorsements. So Aiton went to a Nike school. Originally, it was really rumored to be going to a Adidas school. So it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, generally, unless you're uh, certain schools, and I don't want to get into it, the shoe companies don't care where you go. They just care that you go to a Nike school, which is why you've seen some unusual five-star guys wind up at some some different schools, but they were all Nike schools. Uh, so something to think about. Uh, I also wonder why Miller got the brunt of it, whereas other guys did not. Uh, you know, you didn't see that kind of ire from ESPN towards Bill Self or to Patino, or and some of that is the personal friendships that that those guys have forged with the Dick Vitales of the world, with the Jay Billises of the world. I also think what happened is I think when all this came out, certain coaches were afraid that Arizona and maybe some other programs found a way away from the status quo. You know, you're not just dealing with shoe companies and and, and agents and things like that. That the agents were actively trying to now steer players to specific schools when in reality it was just you know an assist a couple assistant coaches taking some bribes to, to uh, try to kind of rip off what ended up being the FBI so I think what happened is I think you saw certain programs were upset that well frankly that they weren't involved they didn't think of it first so would not be surprised if these so-called wiretaps uh, were not in fact uh, coaches spreading rumors to get people to look into the story in hopes that maybe something was out there just my theory as in an interesting way sean miller is very was very well liked by certain coaches and not very well liked by other coaches out there in the recruiting wars but at the end of the day we still don't know what the ponies are going to be for arizona that i guess there could still be uh, some smoking guns out there but you would think if miller was really linked towards himself being involved in legal payments and again almost no head coach ever is that that would have come out in the notice of allegations i want to wrap this up with the maybe the the, the biggest deal involving head coaches how about the incident in wisconsin juan howard throwing the open hand uh, slap the hit uh towards the wisconsin assistant for those of you who did not see wisconsin was up by about 14 they had all their bench players in. Michigan had a combination of starters and role players, but was still pressing. And frankly, the, the Wisconsin scrubs are having some trouble with it. The ball gets knocked out of bounds. They have four seconds to advance it to half court. And seeing how his players were, A, struggling to break the press, and B, maybe not aware that they only had four seconds to advance the ball, Wisconsin head coach Greg Gard called timeout. Did he need to? No. You know what? If they had taken the 10-second call, you know, the, with the four seconds remaining, Wisconsin's fine. But again, not an egregious time. This isn't like Alfred Miller with dueling timeouts in the final seconds so guys could keep their composure, which was really just an F you to each other. I think this was kind of fairly harmless. Uh, I'm sure Guard did not like the fact that Michigan was pressing down 14 with, with seconds to play, but I don't think he did it to, to rub anything in or to, to be a jerk, my, my opinion. Well, Juwan Howard took offense, and as they are going through the handshake line, Howard attempts to walk past Greg Guard, does drop his mask, and said something to the effect of, we're going to remember this shit. And Guard seems taken aback. 
Like, I don't think Guard understood he was upset over the timeout. He reaches over, grabs Juwan Howard's arm, and Howard freaks. Now, to me, it looked like a simple, hold up, I'm going to try to stop you. I'm going to explain myself, try to defuse the situation. There's a lot of video out there of the two guys joking around before games, of, of smiling and laughing in the handshake line. Uh, so I don't think it was something where Guard was trying to lay hands on Juwan Howard, trying to do it. I think he was just really wanting to explain himself and, and, and try to maybe even defuse the situation. Well, instead, Howard becomes upset. He actually grabs Greg Guard's uh, collar or shirt front. A melee ensues, and then during this, a lot of stuff is said back and forth, and he takes an open-hand swing at one of the Wisconsin assistants. That leads to further altercation between players, between assistant coaches. At one point, you have a Wisconsin assistant doing the, the Generation X crotch chop at the Michigan bench. Meanwhile, one of the poor Wisconsin walk-ons doesn't want to leave the floor. He just want go, wants to go sing the, the varsity alma mater song with the band. And it, it was an ugly scene. In the post-game aftermath, Juwan Howard is suspended five games as the rest of the regular season. Guard, I believe, has a $10,000 fine. One of the common refrains I kept hearing is, you don't put your hands on someone. And that Juwan Howard is from the south side of Chicago, where you definitely don't put your hands on someone without you know getting hands back. And my thought is, one... It should guard have gra grabbed him? Probably not. No, just let it walk. Call him later on. Let the thing diffuse. Uh, but again, they've had a friendly relationship. But this whole "you're from Chicago," we don't do that in Chicago. Look, you're a multi-millionaire basketball coach of a multi-million-dollar basketball program at a multi-billion-dollar institution. You can't be throwing punches or slaps or whatever. You can't take such offense that someone you know, lightly grabbed your elbow and uh, tried to have a conversation with you. Uh, frankly, even if he had grabbed him a little more aggressively, you can't be throwing punches out there. That's your workplace. And I'm, I, you know, and again, I keep hearing and from some people I respect, but I'm going to disagree with you. You just can't do that. You know, if, if, someone's, if I'm storming around the office and someone, you know, tries to stop me to talk to me before I get in further trouble, uh, I can't throw a punch at them. If, if someone, you know, coworker tries to stop me, I can't throw a punch at them. Even if they're wrong for touching me, you can't escalate it. Again, you are not, and I don't care about the whole role model for young men thing. You are the caretaker for Michigan basketball. You can't be out there throwing punches. And, you know, frankly, this is his second uh, incident, uh, you know, he had the, the shouting down Mark Turgeon. I think it was a year ago, maybe it was two years ago, after a game. But uh, just the point being, y you can't just do that as the head basketball coach of a D D1 program. You, you just can't. And again, maybe guard is in the wrong, and maybe guard shouldn't have touched him. But again, you can't be throwing punches when you're the coach of Michigan basketball, or frankly, any major Division One program, or frankly, any program. You you you've got to be bigger than that. Settle it some other way. You want to get into a war of words? You want to dress them down? Uh, you want to have a shouting match? Okay. You want to do it through the media, through social media? Fine. But, yeah, you just can't get physical. I personally uh, was not one of those who thought he should be fired. 
but I'm not sure that he should have coached again this season, whether that was regular season or postseason. The good news is Arizona's got more than a puncher's chance, not only to win the Pac-12 regular season title, but make a deep run in the postseason. And for all you Wildcat fans who want to go down fighting with the Wildcats, bear down.